getting ready for the word. Wow, isn't God good? And we could go home now and go, we've had church. You know, there's a there's an enabling from the Spirit of God that, that gets on you and in you when you walk in the church. I don't know whether you know that or not. There's a strengthening that takes place inside of you. And, and, and it's, it's hard to describe it. You, you may not know when it is, but you know when it isn't. Yeah, you know, it's like your battery in your car. You don't feel it charging until it doesn't. And you go out and your, and your car goes, nah, nah, and you go, oh. Well, that's the way Christians are. You don't really realize what you have until it isn't there. And you go wake up one morning, you go, and we go, well, you had not been in church in a while. <laughs> so today I'm going to be continuing a series that I believe, I don't preach sermons just because it's a job. You need to know that. I was born to be here. Now, I'm going to say something that will shock you out of your mind. Jesus was born on time with an assignment. So was I. Do you think God haphazardly kind of goes, oh, Daryl got born. Where did he come from? Oh, let's see if we can find something for him to do. I don't believe that. When I found out that I was born on Yom Kippur and my name, Daryl George Morgan, means highly esteemed sower of seed and fisher of men, and the Lord told me, he says, you are a last day's prophet. You are to prepare my church for the end of times. Now, he told me that when I first got saved, and I never saw any. He started showing me what we're going through now years and years ago. I mean, I didn't say anything to anybody. I kept, oh, boy. Well, a lot of what I preach is for your benefit. It is, it is to enable you to live victoriously in the time you're in and to prepare you. God's didn't, he didn't come for a, to create a defeated church, a victorious church. And so if you'll pay attention, you can and you will live victoriously in this time. That's a powerful statement. God hasn't left you, but you can't be ignorant. Ignorance will cost you. Not God. God's not, he's not taking from you. But what you don't know will harm you. Does that make sense? You're, we're not reading a Bible to, to gain time. I, I, we want God to like us. He already likes us. Reading your Bible and praying and going to church is not for, for you to get brownie points with God. Right. Reading your Bible is so that you'll know who you are and what belongs to you. Praying is spending fellowship with God so that that gift of God on the inside of you is stirred up. You, but that's choices we make. So today we're going, to talk, we're going to talk more about who you are, which is very foundational, very foundational uh, to, uh, to your Christianity. Most Christians, most Christians don't know who they are. And Satan takes advantage of them because of that. It isn't that, they don't, that God doesn't love them. He loves them. But, they don't, but they're ignorant. They're, they're walking in the world as the world, and Satan goes, hey, they're no threat. Amen. 
So I'm, I, don't, I wasn't ready for this. But, uh, would you do me a favor? Put up Psalm 23 on the screen. I want to start at Psalms 23. And um, I want, this, is a, this is a right now psalm. You are in Psalm 23 right now. We, that is the church. I don't know whether you've ever noticed this or not, but Psalm 22 is Jesus dying on the cross, and Psalm 24 is the millennial reign. I don't know if you knew that or not. Because in 22 it says, I am a worm and no man are reproach, and, it, and the whole psalm is about him dying on the cross. And Psalm 24 it says it's all about him stepping into Jerusalem and ruling and reigning in the earth as king. So what's Psalm 23? That's right now. I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to listen to the words. The Lord, he is my shepherd. I shall not have any wants. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Today, we're going to talk about the restoring of your soul. He leads me in the past for righteousness sake. We spent a whole Sunday on that for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Where is that? That's the earth. That's the earth. You are a son in a threat environment. You're a child of God in a bad world. Bad stuff happens in this world. You, we, in the world today, the Bible says that Satan is the God of the world. And you're in it. Now, you say, well, wait a minute, I don't like that. No, it's okay because he's equipped you to be greater than the world around you. Now, you're looking for the world around you to change. It's not going to. What God is looking for is for you to change, to you to become stronger than the hell that's around you. And you can. Everything, and the word, and the, the prophetic word that came forward, and the Lord said, everything that was in Jesus, he placed it in you. Jesus was, was, was listen, the, he didn't wake up in the morning and go, oh, who's on, who's on the throne today? Oh, that Herod dude. God, it's going to be a bad day. I don't think he gave a rip who was on the throne. He, he is son of God walking the earth. Well, who, what are you? Son of God. Son of God. See, this you must know. You must know this. This is more important than getting a college education. And I know I'm going to get on your, uh, college education is good. But if you have a college education, don't know who you are, you're ignorant. You don't know anything yet. Paul didn't pray the prayers in Ephesians for you to have successful business. Those are good things. But you can have a successful business be a complete failure in life. If you do not know what Jesus did when he died on the cross, rose to the dead, and what he handed you. Amen. All of those things 
are very important. And for all you Spanish people, it's muy importante. Kind of like a banjo banjo, muy importante. Hey, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod, the word of God, and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table right now in the earth before me in the presence of every devil in hell. You anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life down here. And then when I die, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a victorious psalm. Now, right dead in the middle of it, he said, but I'm walking through the valley. Later, we're going to get into the why of what I'm preaching. I'm preaching what I'm preaching, but I have a reason that I'm doing this. So go with me to Hebrews chapter 2 again. Hebrews chapter 2. Go back over there. See, y'all always start off just as quiet as, as church mice. It's It's okay. It, may, it shows me you haven't maintained your victory since last week, so we're going to get it back again. One day you're going to learn to stir yourself up and wait on me to get you fired up, get yourself fired up. Wake up on Sunday morning, jump out of bed, dance in the Holy Ghost, and say, greater is he who's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. If God is on my side, who could be again? Glory be to God. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, and now I'm going to go to church. And then after you do that a while, you start doing it on Monday too. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Don't, go, let, don't get me going there. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory and make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Um, anyway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is, let me read something I wrote. I said last Sunday, and I need to say it again. The real purpose of becoming a Christian is not to save yourself from hell or to be saved to go to heaven. It is to become a child of God with the character of Jesus Christ and stand before men. Now, let me, let me stop right here. That we've, we have preached that as the gospel. It is not the gospel. It's a part of the God. It's like saying, uh, Lisa, would you marry me and, uh, and I'll buy you a house? Well, I would like to hope that she thinks there's a little more in this than a house. We've preached the gospel. Come to Jesus, get a house in heaven. Well, just how selfish and lame do you think that sounds? You get to walk with God and you're interested in real estate. Give me a break. That, yeah, thank God you don't go to hell. Thank God you go to heaven when you die. But what happens after you go to heaven? Oh, I don't know. I'll never go there. You're coming back here for a thousand years to rule and reign. You're going to work, baby. And at the end of a thousand years, what happens? New heaven and new earth. You're going to work, work. You're not going to sit around and eat three musketeers and not get fat in heaven and play harps. I got news for you. God has got a whole lot more planned for you. You might want to get busy starting right now because he's got a lot for you to do. Come on, we're going to have a ball. You know, I was watching a Superman movie the other day, and just a clip, just a clip, and I looked at it and I said, God, I want to do that. 
By God, I'm gonna come over here and preach. I mean, am I the only person that wants to fly? Charlie, come on, help me out. I, I want, Jesus flies. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all, I'm in the wrong building. How do you think he got to, to Galilee after he rose from the dead? He didn't take another donkey. He went, and then he walked through the wall and then went, ah. Man, that just, I mean, they ain't even made a superhero like that yet. They didn't even have one like that. Mr. Incredible on steroids, baby. Do you remember the book, 23 Minutes in Hell? And it says that he took that guy and said, I know how you like outer space. So after he pulled him out of hell, he took him around the solar system two or three times and then brought him back. I thought, God, that would be so much fun. Wouldn't you like to go out and look at Pluto and just go, hey, there's Pluto. You want to go see Jupiter? Let's go see Jupiter. I don't want to go to hell so he can take me to Jupiter. I just soon leave me here as to go to hell. But anyway, never mind, never mind, y'all. Uh, now, now listen to this, listen to it again, listen to it again. The bringing of many sons. Jesus is, we, we say this, well, he's the first begotten of the son. Well, he was the first begotten. And he died and spiritually went down to the region of the dam. And then he became the firstborn from the dead. He's the first man to ever be born again. What happened to him in hell? He got the same new birth you got. Everything God did in Jesus down in hell, he did it in you. That's powerful, guys. You see, you may not know who you are. Satan knows who you are. And he just assumed you not know who you are. Because the first Jesus scared the heebie-jeebie out of him and whooped him bad. And it's bad when one of Jesus' brothers whip the devil. You know, he has a lot of pride. He doesn't like getting whipped, especially not by Chloe. What do you think it's like when the devil attacks Chloe and he comes back down and he, and he has a black eye and a bloody nose and she has done whipped the mud out of the devil and then the devils look at him and go, what happened to you? And he goes, none of your business. Do you think they tell the truth? They don't, they don't go down and say, Chloe whipped me. They don't do that. They say, I got run over by a train. But they don't mess with Chloe no more. The devil knows whose house to avoid. They're coming down the street. Don't go over there. Don't go in that house. That woman will whip you bad. I'm coming. God did, did in Christ what he, what you could not do. And he will not do what you can do. Now, God did the hard part. You have a part to play in your salvation. I'm not talking about whether you make heaven or not. I'm talking about in your life. It's not all up to God, but he did the part you couldn't do. And we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about your part and how to do it, your, your, what, you, what you need to do. Are you ready? Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 
verse 22. Put off your former conduct, the old man that grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. What does that mean? When you were born again, you became a very the, a brand new creation in Christ. You are a new person that never existed before. You're a new type of human that never existed before, created in the very image of Jesus. That's who you are right here, right now, today. You're already complete, you're already righteous, and you're already perfect. All of that was given to you when you got born again. All of that is on the inside of you. You're not trying to become anything. Now, I got another scripture I want to show you. I'm going to build a case here, and and believe me, even Baptists are going to shout this morning. Listen, Colossians 3:10. I want to put it on screen. I'm just going to put it on screen. And we have no, and we have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of Him who created him. Do you know what your spirit, and I'm going to call your spirit, your spirit, even though you are, you are a spirit, but for your sake, because you see yourself, spirit, soul, and body, I need to call your spirit, your spirit, even though you are the spirit. That's confusing, isn't it? When you step out of your body, you will look just like I want you to see, if you're ugly, when you die, you will stop being ugly. You won't be ugly anymore. If you have wrinkles, you won't have no more wrinkles. If you have bad eyesight, you will no longer have bad eyesight. I want you to to think about what I just said. The real you on the inside is already perfect. And you already, as far as God is concerned, you look just exactly like Jesus Christ. That's the real you. You already are in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason why when you go to heaven, you will eternally be 30, not 80. You're already 30 inside now. Some of y'all act like a bunch of kids. That's normal, but just stay like that. Don't want to act like you're old and decrepit and falling apart. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. Because in the world today, everyone judges you by how you look. Right. Girls 
are all judged by the beauty of their bodies. Honey, that changes. Yeah, it does. And, 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 and you can tuck and tie all you want a baby. But there is a thing that men go through called the Chester drawers. Chest, go to the drawers. And you can get to be 90, but I guarantee you one time you just. But the world right now judges you based on how you look. But I'm going to tell you something that will shock you. When, when, when a beautiful woman who doesn't know Jesus dies, she's ugly as hell. You're going to look her down in hell and go, God, you're ugly. You were a model. I mean, my God, you were on, you were on Cosmopolitan Magazine. You are one ugly woman. And then you're going to find the homely girl, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, dies and stands out, gets right out of her body, and everybody's be going, God, she's a beauty. God, that she's beautiful. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? See, listen, quit identifying with your body. That's the way the world identifies you. Now, now I'm a, I said all that to say this. You can marry a woman who's beautiful outside and ugly as the devil inside. And you will wish to God you hadn't have married her. And then all of the girls who married ugly guys that were nice, they're the smart ones. I'm trying to help you men out a little bit right now. Don't judge a man by how he looks according to GQ. If he loves Jesus, if he loves God, if he loves his wife, if he's moral, if he's honest, if he's good, marry that man. I don't, we, you, can, you can fix a face. Turn the lights off when you kiss him. Just. <laughs> Listen, if y'all don't liven up, I am going to liven you up. You, you're not going to sit in my church and look like you've been sucking lemons. I'm, right now, I'm going to just get over it. If I got to take you off in places you don't want to go, we'll go there. Because gotta, I got to get some life in this place if I'm going to preach. Say, I am. All he says I am. Now, God don't make no, no, no junk. He don't, he don't make no junk. You, if you're born again, you are not junk. Now, now I'm going I'm to help you out with something. Right now, when you meet elderly, slow, elderly old women, they might be slow in their body. They might be elderly. But you're looking at a very, very, very beautiful woman. And you might see a man come walking by, and he's been around a while. And he might be a little slower than he used to be. But you're looking at a very, very, very handsome man of God. We don't judge. I'm going to help you out, Don Sharp. I'm going to help you out. See, spiritually, Don Sharp weighs about 150 pounds. He's one good-looking stud. We could get him to see that on the inside of him. We might get to working on that man. All right, now think about what I just read. Because, because the Bible is, you can't look at the Bible and say that isn't true. You're already renewed in the image of Jesus Christ. You know, people, when we go places, 
and Justin or Jordan and Josh, they go, well, it's obvious whose son that is. You step out of your body, people will go, it's obvious whose son you are, whose daughter you are. Now, that's who you are now. Not when you die. You're in a body, but you aren't a body. And you are, if any man is in Christ, all of the old satanic nature is gone. You don't have one. You don't have an immoral, ungodly nature in you. You don't have one. So quit trying to be. I'm going somewhere. Very important where I'm going right now. This is the, if you don't get this part of it, everything else you learn is a waste of time. If you don't know who you are, uh, uh, talking about authority over the devil and, 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 and all the other things you learn, it's worthless information if you don't know who you are. All right, now let me look at another one. 1 John 4, 17. I'm going to read it. I'm going to show, I want you to show it. In the, I'm going to show it to you in the, in the, in the Bible so that you, you don't look at me like I've lost my mind. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we'll have boldness in the day of judgment. You're not going to stand before God and cower and fall. Oh, I tried to live right. Hush. Because as he is, how is he? How is he now? Sick? Defeated? Depressed? Stupid? No. No, he's not. Listen to me very carefully. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised you from the dead. You were in him. And everything he did in Jesus at the cross, he did it in you. Everything in him is in you. As he is, so are you right now in the world. You are a son of God. You are right now a righteous, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, intelligent, full of son of Almighty God. Now, I understand that your mind is not, and we all know your body isn't. Y'all went quiet again because you're waiting on the next statement. <laughs> Second Corinthians three. Glory. Glory. Brother, this is good. Woo, man. Took me a long time to learn this. I had a man came into church one time. He looked at me and said, how long did you work on that sermon you preached? I said, 38 years. He said, no, I was on one of those. No, that's what I'm talking about. This sermon I'm working on right now, I've been working on it for 45 years. This stuff didn't come easy. 
Now look at this scripture. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. He's not talking about just your church service. But we all with an unveiled face behold as in a mirror the Word of God, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. How do you renew your mind? The word of God. No word, no change, no victory. No word, no change, no victory. You will live your life a moron and die a moron, though you're a child of God. You can go to church, sing kumbaya. And until you pick up a Bible, and when you read it, when you read it, and it says, if any man, and you go, that's me, is in Christ. That's me. I am a new species that never existed before. Your soul will go, "Uh uh-uh. Your body will go, not me. Jesus found out who he was through the word. And he gave you a Bible. So you'll find out who you are. And without reading it, we're not talking about gaining brownie points with God. And we're not talking about reading the Old Testament and, and how the sacrifice stuff and all that. Get, close the, you don't, that's not your book. Old Covenant was for Old Covenant people. Now, there's, it's true. What's in there is true. And there's a lot of good stories in there. But the, but the book that was written by God for you is the epistles that Jesus gave Paul to write. That is your book. Amen. And when you read the book of Ephesians and you find out, I am accepted in the beloved, you, you stop caring what everybody else. I mean, if God loves me, it, wow. Now, the problem with us is our memory is not too good. We have a bad habit of looking, sorry about that, in the mirror, getting excited, close the book, and an hour later going, ooh. Now, I said something last week. It's kind of a shock to y'all. You've never seen your face. You say, I've seen mine. No, you hadn't. All you've ever seen is an image of you in a mirror. You will not see your face until you die and turn around and look at your body laying in a bed. You've never seen you. And you've never heard you. You're hearing yourself in your inner ear. You don't, you don't sound like you think you sound. Lisa looks at me all the time. She says, you need to whisper. And I go, I am whispering. She goes, everybody in the building can hear you. I was in a Denny's one day, and a girl calls me up, and she says, Pastor, I need to talk to you, and I'm getting ready to get remarried, and I'm very concerned. I said, well, I don't meet with women. And at this time, I had nobody else, and so I said, well, let's meet at Denny's. So we met there, and we sat in the booth, and we talked about marriage and sex and everything, very quietly. Everybody in the restaurant came by and said, we really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I said, where are you sitting? I'm way over there. I said, you, he said, we hear everything you say. I went, 
Oh, maybe next time we don't need to be meeting at Denny's. <laughs> I don't know how loud I am. Lisa said, pretty loud. I don't even really know how I sound. I hear myself on CD and I go, yeah, I don't like that. People go, that's what you sound like. I went, no, I don't either. I'm going to say something here that will shock you. Your body will always reflect the way you think. If God wants to change you outwardly, he's got to change the way you think. Boy, that's good. Do y'all understand that? And so the whole reason for having a Bible to begin with is because this is God's thoughts toward you. The world's thoughts towards you and your mother's thoughts towards you is not near as good as God's thoughts towards you. And you're only acting out right now in life the way you view yourself. And you might be acting out a lie. You might be better than you think you are. That's good preaching. Because until you get a good image of you, it really doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about you. You're trying to get everybody to like you, and your, your insecurity is why they don't like you. <laughs> it is true. It is true. So, so, so let's, let's look at this for a second. We walk with an unveiled face. That means that in Christ, the veil is removed. It's the only way you can see you. Now, I'm going to read a few things here. This is the you. You are sealed. That means that when the seal hits your spirit, sin can't get in you anymore. You haven't sinned once since the day you've been saved. Now, now your body has and your soul has, and and I want to get into that, but listen to me. If we don't cover this, you have to fight from victory. Here's an example. You get tempted. Satan goes, you hadn't changed. And you go, I most certainly have. I'm a new creation. I'm a son of God. That's not coming out of me. Shut up. Sin has no dominion over me. Leave. You, see, if you don't know who you are, you won't talk to the devil like that. He's going to try to convince you you're as dumb as you ever was. It's quiet in this Baptist church, but it's okay. It says in Ephesians 1.4, you are without blame. So who's accusing you? Well, it isn't God. What's all that junk going on in your mind? It's called the devil. Why are you listening to it? I'm trying to work on myself. You're already finished. My God. Do you all understand where we're going now? This is thought, all of a sudden this starts making sense. I'm not saying you can't do wrong. You can. And, you'll, and you will reap what you sow. And you don't want to do that. 
Satan has never done anything that has benefited you. He comes, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You don't want any part of him. There's no advantage to listening to him. Stealing doesn't help you and God. God will give you everything you want. You don't steal it. You don't have to tell a lie. You don't have to commit adultery. You can have all the sex you want. Find a woman, find a man, get married. They'll take more than care. Listen, God, you bring up the word sex. All the Sex is healthy. Marriage, entertainment. Even if you don't have any money. Never mind. I'm going to do a whole series. I'm going to do a whole series on happy home. And we're going to talk about men and women. We're going to, by God, we're going to bust this devil in the head. The church is the most backward place on the planet. If you want to learn about sex, go to the elementary school. They'll teach you. We're not talking about the teachers. I'm talking about the kids. Yeah, we know all about the penis and the vagina. And you're at home trying to keep them from learning anything. You ought to teach them from the Bible. You ought to sit down and say, well, let's talk about what the Bible says, baby. And your men, young men, when they get older, testosterone's going to be, it doesn't mean he's immoral. When he likes girls, there's, well, we know what you're thinking. Yeah, I know exactly. He's supposed to be thinking that. here's Here's a popular saying. If you love me, let me. If you love me, put a ring on my finger and I'll let you. It's time for me to get back to my notes. And Cindy, just get, yeah, Cindy, right. All right. Commercial break. I don't know whether you know this or not, but you ought to think about how you got here. <laughs> if, he, if he, my wife is praying, Ephesians 2.10 you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What about Hebrews 10, 14? He, you are perfect. Yes, amen. Really? You're perfect? Yes. He, he's talking about you as a spirit, David. You're already perfect. You're already a man of God. Well, that's powerful. As a man thinks... Well, you th- no, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get you to understand. You've got to do something with your mind. And I'm not talking about fantasizing about being a man of God. I'm talking about saying what God says. You don't have to make this stuff up. You already are. God said you are. As a matter of fact, if you act like a sinner, you're a hypocrite. Because you're not. Romans 6.14 says, sin has no dominion over you. Colossians 1.13 says, Satan has no dominion over you. You don't need deliverance. You're already delivered. All right. Page one again. 
Romans 12. Go to Romans 12. Say, I think, I, I think he's helping us a little bit here. I am. I am. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, do something with your body. It is not born again. I just derelized it. You do something with that body of yours. It wants extra pie. It wants a second, third, fourth, fifth cup of coffee. And it wants a new car when you already have a car. I think I have another car. I think I'd like to have another car. I think, listen, there comes a point where you cannot fill your heart up with stuff. There's nothing wrong with it with nice stuff, but, but after a while, you need to quit trying to fill your heart up with what only God can fill up. Okay. Nice stuff is nice, but do you know how hard it is to keep the batteries running on all your toys? Your boat, your jet ski, your kayak, they even have kayaks with batteries in them now. I mean, people have gone so lazy. Now your, now your bicycles have to be charged. <laughs> I thought about buying one. At least it seems to think it won't help me much riding it. So I'm buy me one of them electric bikes and just ride them down the road. Did you ride your bike today? Yep, 10 miles. Why'd you quit? Battery went dead. <laughs> Verse 2 And do not be pressed into the world but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. With what? Now listen to me. We're going to go back over. Put on the new man. How do you put on the new man? You take the man you are in Christ and put him on the soul. Once your soul is renewed to what God did in Christ in you, now your mind and your spirit are in agreement. Now your flesh screams and you go, shut up. Do you understand? We're not, that's, that's the secret to holiness. Knowing who you already are. I am already his workmanship. Sin has no dominion over me. I am not a sinner. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. I have a sound mind. I am not in fear. COVID does not scare me. Now, once we start talking about healing and we make the statement, you already are the healed, the reason that's not working for y'all because you don't even know you're righteous. You're still, you're still using faith to become. Your spirit is whole. Your spirit is healed. So when your spirit is whole and sickness is a byproduct of a sick soul. Fear, dominated, guilt, shame, Dominated soul will affect your body and make you sick. Most people who are in hospital full of bitterness, 
unforgiveness, low self-image, mad at the world, most. That's a powerful statement. So if healing is spiritual, maybe we've been working on the wrong thing. You're trying to get your body well when really what you need to do is get your mind well. Is the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit? Then you are patient and you are kind, aren't you? Get your mind renewed to that. Think, think that, think that. I spent a whole year trying to change my body with my body. I'm trying to get myself to whip up on myself and to get myself straightened out. And it didn't work. One day I picked up and I went, I am love. Just act like it. Hey, I think I'll go in there and act kind to Lisa right now. I began to think kind. I began to think patient. I began to think you, Daryl, are a son of God. Sons of God, don't act like the devil. Stop it. You're, you're almost afraid to. Who do you think you are? Jesus' brother. I would never say that. You'd better start saying it. There was a king. But this is an actual true story. And during the French Revolution, the, the, the people took the king and the queen out and they killed them. They, they put them in the guillotine, cut the head off. And they got the prince, which is the little boy about eight years old, and they said, we're going to kill him too. But he's so young, he'll go to heaven. And we don't want the prince to go to heaven. We want him to go to hell. So send the witch and make him cuss so that when we kill him, he'll go to hell. And so a witch went in there and sat down with the prince and said, you need to cuss. He said, princes don't cuss. I'm a prince. I don't cuss. Eight-year-old kid wouldn't cuss because he knew who he was. You can't make me cuss. I'm royalty. Boy, I, th I read that and went, I should stop cussing. Are y'all out there? You go. What I'm telling you is the truth. Boy, if you want anybody to like you, it should be you. You ought to look in the mirror and go, God, you did a good job. I'm not talking about the mirror in the bathroom. I'm talking about this mirror right here. I'm talking about this mirror right here. You ought to look in this mirror and go, oh, you did such a good job. Oh, I look so good. I am the, oh, I'm, oh, I'm created in the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am blessed coming in. Oh, God, I'm blessed going out. Abraham's blessings are mine. I have the mind of Christ. I have the wisdom of God. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. As Jesus is. <laughs> so am I. Boy, what a good, if, and with the same love, he loves Jesus, he loves you. You ought to wake up in the morning and go, 
God is crazy about me. I'm loved. You, you want to you wanna change your whole day? I'm loved by God. I'm loved. That is good. There's a scripture over there and it says that uh, in 1 John someplace and we know the love of God. I, I read that and it says perfect love drives out fear. And I, I worked on my love walk and I worked on my love walk and I worked on my love walk. And at the end of about a month, I went to God and went, I'm worse now than I started. I will never get this. He said, you're reading it wrong. My love for you drives out fear. Not your love wall. And I went, oh, you do love me. And the fear left. And I changed. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know what? Right now I would say, that's good. That's good preaching. Ephesians 1, I'm going to read the prayer in Ephesians 1 here, whatever this, now this I stole from Mark last night. The, the prayer that Paul prayed here is a prayer of the revelation God gave Paul of, of what happened in Christ. Once he had that, he started praying for the church in Ephesus to have the same revelation. Now, this is the prayer. This is the prayer. And we're going to pay attention to And I'm going to show you something in here absolutely powerful. Verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you, Word of Life Church, in my prayers that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the eyes of your understanding or your heart would be flooded with light <clears throat> so you would know the hope of that he called you to and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, <clears throat> excuse me, the exceeding greatness of his power toward you who believe, that would be you, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, that which is to come, put all things under his feet, gave me the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, chapter 2, verse 1, and you. Now, when you're reading that, it actually makes no sense. I read it for years, went, makes no sense. Now, I'm not an English person. Didn't do so good in English. But why they put another whole chapter and a verse in the middle of a sentence and a thought, I don't know. Because I think that's just pure stupidity. But the word and you, there, there's no verb in, in that two ones that controls the word and you. There's no verb in there. The verb is in the other chapter. 
So they added made alive in parentheses to show, trying to help you with this statement and you. I'm going to read it to you the way Paul wrote it. Are you ready? Let's go back to verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward you who believe according to the working of his mighty power that he worked in Christ when he raised him and you from the dead. And he set him and you down at the right hand of God in heavenly places far above principality. Everything that happened in Jesus at the cross happened in you, and he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you. Now, I'm going to change directions here. How much time I got? Oh, my God, I'm already out of time. But I'm good. I'm going to take another five minutes because I'm, I'm going to do it. Now, why am I doing this? Why did I spend all this morning doing this? Let's go back to the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Right now, you're aware you are aware you have an enemy. You, sitting here this Sunday morning, have an enemy. And he hates your guts. He can't get at God, and so he comes at you. What does he use against you? Your faults, your mistakes. You deal with him more than you would like to admit. Paul, later in Ephesians, wrote a whole chapter. Well, I'm, I'm just going to read it. Finally, brethren, um, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord. Why would he spend two chapters telling you who you are and then say, now we're going to talk about why you're having problems. You're in a world with the devil. If you don't do something about him, nothing will get done. God is not going to do anything about the devil. He's already defeated him and he's in the earth. And you, a child of God, are also in the earth. When you wake up and walk out of your house, yea, though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for God is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Everything I've just read, you must get rooted in it because all of the power of God to overcome the world you're living in is on the inside of you. And you are the one that is going to have to rise up and allow the life of God and the light of God that is down on the inside of you. You are, you are a son of God in a dead gum bad world. You can't think like them and, and make it. You can't talk like them. You can't walk like them. You got to start rising up and live out of who you are. And when stuff comes against you, you need to go, Satan, I've got authority in Jesus' name over you. I don't know who you think you are. And he'll bring up your past. You go, if any man's in Christ, moron, I'm new. 
Yeah, but you did this. Yeah, well, I plead the blood. Listen, you, you, the weapons, the weapons, the weapons, the weapons, the Quit running around a battlefield in your underwear. Can you imagine turning on Israel News and watching the IDF running around barefoot in their BVDs? You go to war, suit up, baby, suit up. I'm trying to get into my next week. Now, listen to me, listen to me. Quit working on you. Your adversary. Your, it's not your wife. It's not even your pastor. It's not other people in the church. It's not why you're screwed up. Well, that's good preaching. You get your Bible out. You quit being religious. Stop being religious. Get your Bible out. Get the book of Ephesians out. Mark everywhere in it where God talks about you. You in Christ, who you are, what belongs to you. And you look at it and you meditate on it and you look at it and you meditate on it. You look at it and you meditate on it until the life of God that's on the inside of you is so strong that when you step out, the devil's blinded just because you woke up. Oh my God, turn the lights out. That's just flat good preaching. Say, I am. I am. Everything God said I am. I can do everything God said I can do. I have an enemy, but greater is he that is inside of me than he that is in the world. I have authority over all the work of the enemy. As Jesus is, so am I. Get out of the way, devil. Today is a good day. I'm already blessed coming in. I'm already blessed going out. Abraham blessings are already mine. I am a son of Almighty God. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Put the new man on. And your soul will fight you. It'll tell you, you ugly thing. Yeah, how dare you stand there and call yourself complete? You know everybody in the church is, but not you. You are, no, 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 God doesn't lie. The more you read this, <clears throat> listen to me, the more you... Meditate on these things. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. You wake up in the morning, the devil goes, it's going to be a bad day, and you go, hey, I bind you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. God has prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You are my enemies, and he has prepared a table before me. Today is a good day. Does you do, <clears throat> just look at me and say, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. 
<clears throat> Over the years, every time I go through a battle, God brings me right back to this. And he says, fight your battles from victory. And you lay in the bed and the doctor says you have a year. And my Bible says with long life. I said, well, greater is he that's in me. And I mean, it's all the guts you have to open your mouth and say what God says. If he could kill you anytime he wanted to, you'd be dead. He's got to get you to get in agreement with him. God wants you to get in agreement with him. The devil wants you to get in agreement with him. Make up your mind who you're going to get in agreement with. <clears throat> but you're not becoming. He finished the work in you. Boy, that's powerful. Now you let that man inside you. You let him rule. That's powerful, guys. We're looking around for someone to help you. You're it. I don't mean, we need each other. Yes, we do. But I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing, there's, there's something about just, and I mean, look in your bathroom mirror and start quoting the word of God and praying in tongues. And, a, and you get a fire. The spirit of God inside of you, he'll build a fire down inside of you. He said, I'll help you if you'll pray in the spirit. If you'll quote the word, I'll get in there with you. Let me get in the ditch. Let me get in the ditch with you. Oh my God. I'm done. I want you to say it again. I am what God says I am. David, you have no past. You have You have no past. Lion, devil. I have no shame. I have no guilt. No guilt. Forgives every iniquity. Heals every disease. Redeems my life from destruction. One day soon we'll get into when you sin. Why do you think Jesus is seated at the right hand of God? Walk in there and go, I blew it. And walk out guilt free. Well, I don't, I, I did that 10 times. He gave you a, several hundred times a day. Well, I don't want to use it. Yeah, you do. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.